0: gospel. <laughs> Wailing and grinding of teeth, my goodness. Um, I'd like to go back to uh, the first reading from Isaiah first today. Uh, we are in such a, a, a mess at the moment. Uh, there's such a great tragedy in, in Israel, Palestine right now. It's it's horrible, and the war that has begun is only escalating. And I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, more and more innocent people will be killed. It's frightening, and it's dark. The Ukraine is continuing this God-forsaken war. It's beyond imagining what's happening to those people, and to that country. And then right here in the United States, all of the conflict, almost the hatred between people. It's so divisive. And then I open up the scriptures and I read a feast of rich food and choice wines, juicy rich food and pure and choice wines, How do you match that? This promise of Yahweh, the ancient promise of Yahweh, that he will put his hand on his people. All people. Not just this person and that person and that person. All people, he says. Isaiah says that. All people. Behold our God to whom we look to save us, This is the Lord for whom we've looked. Let us rejoice and be glad that he has saved us. So I presume, my brothers and sisters, it drives us to come to that understanding of the promise that amidst all of the stuff that we are involved with, Our God is there for us and with us. I think that's difficult at times to to hold on to and to believe, but it's true. It's it's God's promise. You know, we make promises in in our lives. And I'm not always sure we keep them. You keep your promise of love, marriage. I made a promise that I would marry these two beautiful brides yesterday, and I tried to renege. I did. I went to both of them and said, I'm going to Notre Dame. And they said, oh, fine. But I couldn't do it. If I'm asking them to make a promise that they keep then I've got to make a promise, and I've got to keep it, don't I? Of course I do. So it dawned on me, the light went on, and that's the truth. So if we are able to make a promise and keep it in our good times, how much more are God will keep his promise so somehow my brothers and sisters we're going to have a little prayer session this, this Tuesday because the patriarch of Jerusalem wants all of the world to pray in a special way on Tuesday for the struggle that's going on in the Holy Land right now so we're going to gather at 6.30 in this church and we're going to pray pray for our brothers and sisters who we know by name Palestinians and Jews, praying for them, begging God once again to keep that promise that He has made to us a promise of faithfulness and a promise of love. I know it's hard to say that, and it's hard to believe that, and I, 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 I'm almost embarrassed to say it to you, but it's the truth. We've got to hold on to it. We have to find the way out of it and find some hope and peace, even if it's just in our own lives. If we treat people with justice and peace and joy and love, that's enough. The gospel today is the gospel of the wedding feast, not Cana. (laughs) It's the other gospel of the wedding feast. And I think the things that come out of it that I always notice is that, you know, some said no. And our Holy Father in Rome said today, we must be people of yes. We've got to be people who say yes to our God. To refuse our God is foolish. We must be a yes. We must be grateful. And so our Lord, in the person of the king, says, go out to the highways and the byways and find these people and bring them in. And I believe with all my heart that's exactly what the synod is now doing right now. We've not heard lots about it because the Holy Father says we're not going to talk about it to the press and exaggerate things and get all mixed up. We're going to spend some time in reflection and prayer and discernment and then we will speak. Not a bad idea to pray and to think before we speak. I need to do that. We all need to do that. Timothy Radcliffe. You wouldn't know him, but I know him pretty well because he was at our Congress many years. And Timothy is a Dominican, a great speaker, a great man. The Holy Father asked him to give the retreat before they went into the session. And you know what he said? Listen to this. He said, I would rather have you go into this synod with your doubts rather than your certainties. Think about that. I think it's important for us to express the doubts that we have about our God, about our faith, about our life, about the human condition, about our struggles. We have doubts about it. Speak them. Not this certitude that divides us And causes in us terrible conflict. Brothers and sisters. I do believe that's true. I believe that it's our doubts. That bring us ever so close to our Lord and to each other. Rather than our certitude. I've been talking to my two associates lately. And God bless them. They're young, and they're good, and they've got all kinds of certitudes. Brothers and sisters, life is messy. There's doubts in our lives. There's struggles in our lives. There's difficulties in our lives. We must embrace that. Hold on to that. And if we share that, I do believe the banquet hall will be filled. Look around you this morning. This is our banquet hall. And somehow, by the grace of God, it's full. Full of sinners, right? Yes, we are. Full of doubts. Yes, we are. And yet, believing with all of that in the power and the gift and the grace of our loving God. What's proof of that for you and me today? How could it be possible? for this church of ours to receive the gift of Francis. I am sure the bishops had no idea what they were doing when they elected him, no idea. What a gift, what a sign of God's love for his people. So let's pray for our leadership. Let's be unafraid to express our doubts And ultimately and finally, let's believe with all our hearts in the power, in the gift, and the mercy of our loving God. Thank you so very much, and I love you.